It's time for Big Blue Kickoff Live with Sean Morash and John Schmelt. You know what I saw? New York Giant Pride. On The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Let's go out here like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to a special Saturday edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants and by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. John Schmelk, Sean Marash, back with you, getting ready for week number five of the NFL football season. Giants getting ready to take on the Miami Dolphins down in what looks like it could be rainy Miami. We'll get into the details of the game, obviously, as we go. You laugh for a good reason, Marash. We mean you're on the same page there. But, you know, as important this game is in terms of record and getting the season on the right track, Sean, I think we saw some progress in the defense last week, right? 14 of the 24 points the Seahawks scored was basically because of the offense's mistakes. The pick six and then the fumble inside the 10. They only gave up 10 points. The defense did well enough. Did they do enough to win? No, they didn't have any takeaways. They still need those, et cetera, et cetera. But they were better. It was the first game where you're like, all right, this kind of looked like the defense from last year, and that was good enough to win football games. But this offense has to do the same thing this week. The Miami defense is not dominant, and it just has to function where it moves the ball up the field, you make some more explosive plays, and until that happens, I feel like we're going to be back here every Saturday having these conversations. So for me, this week is about the offense trying to get back on track and just looking like a better, more consistent outfit. Yeah, and it's so many layers to this, whether it's Saquon Barkley's injury, and obviously he's listed as questionable. Uh, Clearly, I still think this comes back to Andrew Thomas, Schmelk. All right, I've seen now enough around the league of teams overcoming offensive line injuries, particularly the left tackles, by the way. Teams overcome it week in and week out, and for whatever the reason, the Giants cannot win football games, or at least function as an offense without Andrew Thomas, and it's daunting. I think Azuda's done an admirable job. But still, he's a a third-round guard that has been kicked out to left tackle. Marcus McKeithen is playing right guard. Again, he missed his whole rookie year with an ACL. Now we won't have John Michael Schmitz at center. And I say we. Screw you. I'm a fan. Yes, we. Ben Bredesen is the slide. And you know the names. I mean, Justin Pugh got signed off the street in reserve this week. I, I just, it's amazing to me that this team cannot find a way to move the ball at all behind the offensive line, no matter how bad it is. And at some point you got to just say it is what it is, and the quarterback's got to let it rip, and you got to stop worrying about throwing three-yard routes to Paris Campbell that go nowhere, and this team has to find what it did in that second half versus Arizona, Schmelk. Josh Azuda was playing left tackle in that game. Take one shot early and soften a defense up. It could change everything. Yeah, that was probably the best pass protection half this Giants team has had all year, too, right? They right. actually did give Jones some time in that half, and they were okay in the first half of the Arizona game as well. And look, I think what we saw against the um, in, in, in the in the fourth game against Seattle was an accumulation of the first three weeks, right, of the hits on Jones, where I think for a player that's so tough and is willing to take hits and stands in there and runs and doesn't really slide as much as he should, we all think he should slide more, right? I think we saw the the mental toll that can take on a player sometimes. Absolutely. Especially in that first half, because frankly, I went back and I watched the tape, Sean, I didn't think the protection in the first half was terrible, especially from the offensive line. You had some slot corner blitzes and stuff like that, but you know what? That's not the protection's fault. 
That's yeah. that's recognizing the slide and getting the ball out, right? So yeah. I think we need to see Daniel get in the right headspace a little bit. He needs help from the line, absolutely. And in the fourth quarter, he didn't have a chance. Once the fourth quarter got there against Seattle, it was all over, and he was just getting murdered. But he needs to be able to just, I think, have a little bit more confidence in that line and give them a chance to succeed rather than, all right, the first read's not there. I got to start moving because you're not going to win the football game playing that way. You have hit the nail on the head. Uh, and again, I'm coming at this from a giant fan point of view. If you were anti Daniel Jones, Monday night, you got to lick your chops and you got to have the night of your life and go, I told you, I told you he wasn't playing well. If you are the O line's the reason why they struggle, you're still right too. Here's the thing both things are right right now. 100%. There's no doubt about it watching Daniel Jones play quarterback. If you think he doesn't have the physical tools to elevate a, a team or play quarterback, you haven't watched enough of his career. He does. But yep. mentally, it's so obvious what's going on right now. Andrew Thomas became, finally, after years of taking beatings, a guy that he got to grow with at left tackle, and he became at least comfortable with one side with. You took him away. Daniel Jones right now, it's, it's totally between the ears. It's totally a mental thing. And as you pointed out, not every play is a collapsing pocket, but Daniel Jones basically feels as if every play is a collapsing pocket because he has no trust and no faith. And frankly, like it or not, that part is on Daniel Jones. He did get a contract. He's not on his rookie year anymore. You have to be able to overcome between the ears the idea that not everything's going to be perfect. It's going to be a mess out there. And you got to find a way to stand in there and deliver some passes. And they got to be a little bit more down the field here, too. I mean, again, throwing these quick passes that teams are jumping on three yards out. It's so predictable. You're seeing other teams basically call out that they know what the Giants are doing. This is on them to find some gumption, some pride. And Daniel Jones understand that mentally he's got to be better here. And by the way, this does happen to all quarterbacks. I've seen it happen to Hall of Fame quarterbacks where you go through a game or a couple games where you get nailed around. And make no mistake, 20 sacks in four games, Sean, he's a – you know, yeah. you go back to last year, the Eagles had 70 sacks, and we all, like, lost our minds at what a great feat it was. Do you know why? Because it was. Daniel Jones, the Giants were on pace to give up more than 80 sacks. This it's year crazy. Four games. Crazy. So, uh, look, I don't – in a lot of ways, I, I don't blame Daniel. I get it. I understand it. But you have to – you know, you just have to figure out a way to get through it. And I think Daniel Jones is mentally tough. I think he's physically tough as well. I think he'll get through it. I think he'll yeah. – I look, I, I that hasn't happened to him much in his career. I saw it happen at times at the end of Eli Manning's career. I know you saw it happen too at, the, at times at yeah. the end of Eli Manning's career. Remember all the times people would call into the fan, Eli's thrown off his back foot. I can't believe it. Do you know why? Because he didn't trust his left tackle to block anybody, and he was throwing off his back foot. That's what happens to quarterbacks when they face a lot of pressure. But that's – I think we're on completely the same page here. That's what they have to figure out in some way, shape, or form. Because now let's get to the opponent. This, it's not going to be this way at the end of the year. It's not how we're going to think about them. But through the first four games, this is the best offense in the history of the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> They're averaged 37 and a half points per game, 500 yards of offense per game. These numbers are otherworldly. The offense is going to have to score a lot of points. It's going to rain. You can muggy it up. You can run it. All that stuff's great. But the bottom line is that if you don't get to like 27, at least probably more than 30, you ain't winning this game. Yeah, you know, so I'm with you. I don't want to sound like I'm not with you. However, I've gone back and I rewatched the Dolphin Bill game. I've watched every Dolphin game because I find them fascinating. I got plenty of players in fantasy and whatnot. Yeah, if they're a fun team, I don't blame you. If there is a time, I know people are going to scream at the radio right now. If there is a time to catch this Dolphin offense through the first five weeks, I think it's right now. Oh, no, you're right about that. Absolutely. I think it's right now. First of all, they did. 
you want to talk about left tackles? They just lost Teron Armstead. He went on IR, and that's a big deal for them. Uh, Tua started to look a little mortal with a couple uh, turnovers last week. The Bills kind of had the playbook out on what the Dolphins were doing. They did lose Tredavious White in that game. Look, it, the speed, Tyreek Hill and Waddle, we know the names. HN. Yeah, HN's been unbelievable, too. It's going to be hard to keep up. I'm not acting like we're, the Giants are going to roll in and they've got this figured out. But I don't necessarily think this has to be a game where you look up and the Giants have given up 35 points either. No, look, I'm with you. All right, Wink Barndale had a chance to talk to the media this week. He was asked about Tua, Mike McDaniels, the whole offense from the Dolphins. This is a longer cut, but he encompasses a lot, and I think he makes some good points. So I wanted to play it. Here's Wink Martindale earlier in the week. Well, you know, John, I've been going to the bathroom every night. <laughs> this quarterback's playing at a high level. I got a lot of respect for the kid. He knows where to go with the football. He's accurate. And, like, I, I can't say enough about Mike um, because of, you know, the, the, the situations that he puts him in, you know, where he can get rid of the ball quick and he's got those receivers and, you know, the right route concepts and everything else to get it to him quick. And, and I'm not just saying quick, like, three-yard routes. He's throwing it for receivers coming out of breaks and it's just put right there on him. Mike McDaniel, he's a stud. You know, he's from the Shanahan tree. They have, they have a lot of things in common is the stress they put you on all three downs. I mean, you have to game plan first and second down, just like you do third down. They're, they're looking for horizontal seams, they're looking for vertical seams, and they hit it, and they hit it with fast players. They're the number one offense in the league. Yeah, and look, they're playing very well, and I think there are aspects of this. You mentioned a lot of the personnel. What Mike McDaniel's done as a, as a coordinator uh, this this year, Sean, is amazing, because if, if you list their offensive linemen and their running backs, you're like, oh, that running game shouldn't be right. right. Top running game in football. And right. that, I think, is the difference from the Dolphin team last year when they had Hill and Waddle and stuff, but the run game wasn't special like it is this year. I mean, Devon Achan's averaging 11 yards per carry. This is like looking at the Alabama running backs after three college football seasons when they played a bunch of FCS teams and all their running backs are averaging 12 yards per carry. This is the National Football League. So the other part of it that I love is the number. So what do you do? Do you play the run of the pass? That, you know, that's the first issue. The second issue you have with this offense, to me, that I think makes it difficult. This is my favorite stat this week. Two has the second average time to throw. Fastest average time to throw in the league this year. Only Burrow is first because he has a bad calf. Right. Yet, he is the highest average yards per attempt, average wow. yards per completion. So, he's getting the ball out quick. Yet the ball's still getting down the field, which, by the way, gets yeah. back to our previous conversation to start the show. About Jones. He, Correct. Right, he's not doing. Right. Right. So... Can you blitz that guy? Because if the ball's coming out, I think it's 2.3 seconds, you're not going to get there anyway. So the Giants have to back off a little bit in this game and maybe not blitz as much. I, I think it's a real interesting yeah. dynamic of how you slow this offense down. Well, I think we'll know early. And if Wink wants to blitz, I get it. And, by the way, benching Trey Hawkins last week I think helped a little bit. Yeah, I we could talk about that, in the outside. Uh, but... Austin Jackson hasn't been great at right tackle, too, and you saw a major difference, almost an underrated difference. Aziz Ojolari is so important to this giant team, man. When he is on the field, man. he is so freaking important. His bend, he was, even if the sacks didn't come, he was in there, he was disruptive last week. So if you have Kayvon, you know, you mix it and match and going after a backup left tackle, and Aziz, hopefully, I mean, you want these guys to be two standout edges. Not that they're going to get home and get sacks in 2.5 seconds or whatever, but if they could just disrupt the timing a little bit with that Dolphin tackle play, that could be the difference in an inch or two in some of these deep balls going over the head of Deontay Banks. 
Yeah, that's really important. Uh, you talk about some of the injuries. Saquon Barkley's got to play. Look, you need explosive players to make explosive plays. He's one of your explosive players. But to that point, Sean, I think it was interesting. We saw a little bit of a shift in the wide receiver playing time, too. People talked about the flat Hawkins thing. Yeah. We had both Robinson and Hyatt play more than 60% of the snaps last week. It yeah. was the first time we saw that this year, where they kind of, I think, leaned a little bit more into the speed, where Slayton was still at 87%. Well, which, hello. Great. I love it. Right. Go for it. So I'm curious to see if they're going to lean into that even a little bit more as Wanda Robinson continues to be back. Is he going to be an 80% snap count guy? Well, Schmuck, by the way... Not for nothing, wins or losses, the investments they put in those two guys, even if the team is bad this year and they play a lot of games, those should be your two top receivers by the end of the year anyway when you consider the investments they put in. And look, I think that was the direction they were going to go anyway. So I, I believe that. I think it's the right move. But then at the same time, Brian Dable said Sterling Shepard might get a little bit more run this week. So I'm curious to see how they balance out that group at wide receiver. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. And... By the way, you just tacked on the Shepard thing. Sorry, you got me spun up like a top. It's no, go ahead. week as a Giant fan, too. I love Sterling Shepard. I think he's a great locker room guy. Look, could he help? All right, fine. I'm not expecting the world out of Sterling Shepard, I and I think we're tugging at our heartstrings as Giants fans a little bit and wanting to see this. By all means, hey, nothing's working right now. You want to put him out there? I'm with it, and I hope he plays great. But I, I've read a lot. I've seen a lot. I think as Giants fans, we'll need to calm down with banging the table on where Sterling Shepard. I wouldn't mind seeing him do punt returns, to be honest with you. No doubt about it. Well, better than a Dory Jackson back there. We've been there, done that. So we'll see what the Giants end up doing. Giants and Dolphins. All right, let's open up the phones, guys. Let's get to us. 877-337-6666. 877-337-6666. Get with us on Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll take a break. We'll come back, and we will take your calls live from the Town Fair Studios at WFAN. Don't forget, folks. Come out and run or walk with Giant Legends, the Giants 5K race and kids run presented by Quest on Sunday, October 8th at 9 a.m. at MetLife Stadium. Their proceeds will benefit the Giants Foundation. All participants will receive a commemorative T-shirt after the race. Stay for a post-race festival with appearances by Giants Legends and a live DJ. Register now at Giants.com slash 5K. We'll be back with your calls right here on The Fan after this. We're back on Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football giants, and by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. John Schmelk, Sean Marash with you on Big Blue Kickoff Live, getting ready for Giants and Dolphins in Miami on Sunday. And looks like the weather might be a little rough tomorrow, Marash. So (laughs) p.m. thunderstorms, we'll see about the afternoon. You know Miami, though. It could rain at any time down there. If you can maybe slow down the grass field, Saquon, if he plays, and I think he'll be, by the way, like a 50-50 true game time decision. He he runs a little bit. You can muddy it up, win the time of possession. You might have a little bit of a formula there, my friend. I like it. Hey, look, we got to muck it up. If that's what it takes, muck it up. Now, I am worried about a rookie corner slipping and falling as Tyreek Hill runs past them, of course, uh, and probably more importantly, I got my sister on a bachelorette, her bachelorette party for this game, and as far as I'm concerned, I hope it monsoons for three hours and all of their shoes get ruined. Well, you know what? Let me know where they're at on Saturday. I'm going to send Detino out. You know, he's the life of the party. <laughs> <laughs> he can go hang out with them on Saturday somewhere. I think it would be fantastic. Ah, <laughs> uh, you talk about a bachelorette party killer. Please send Paul there, please. 
All right, let's give us a call. 877-337-6666. We're live from the Tau Fair Tire Studios. Nobody beats Tau Fair Tires. Nobody. All right, good job getting on the phones today, this morning. Let's go to uh, Tony in Staten Island. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Tony. Good morning, guys. I'm the leadoff man, huh? Yes, sir. All right. So I, li- I started listening to the show, and I actually had to turn it off after the first few minutes. I came back. When you guys said that the de- there's signs of the defense playing well, I've been a Giants fan since 1979, okay? Uh, to your point about the Giants maybe running the ball, they'll be down very quickly in this game, and it's due because of their defense and poor tackling. Now, I know the points, they didn't give up too many points here tonight defensively, but their tackling is horrific. Absolutely. They no, look Tony, like, they look Tony, like an, Tony, in, look, yeah. in, in, in the first three games, their tackling was very poor. No argument for me and no argument for Marash. No way. But yeah. last week against Seattle... The defense gave up 10 points, and they gave up less than 300 yards of offense to Seattle, who has a pretty good offense. They had one bad play, which was a legitimately bad play against Noah Fan. Otherwise, I thought their tackling was actually pretty good against Seattle. i got to be honest with you. I, I, I see them getting gutted. And, and I just want a few things here. Just I see them getting down in this game. I, I know Barkley, he can run, you know, Barkley's coming back and maybe can run, if that's the case, which you guys spoke of. But I think they'll be down quickly, and the running game will be taken away. Listen, as far as in the middle of the field, as far as the inside linebackers and the run stuffing, okay, they haven't had a linebacker since Antonio Pierce or Chase Blackburn in the middle. Okay, this McFadden and Okafor, I believe, is number 58. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Who, by the way, is better than Chase Blackburn. But okay. Yes, that well, is correct. <laughs> so, but the play goes left, I see them going right. And I see the play go right, and they're running left. That's something, I mean, it's, it's, it's so obvious. Listen, you need a thumper in the middle. You need a Warner like on Frisco. You need a Mosley. You, you need these guys, Bobby Wagner. You need these guys to set the tone on defense. And it seems like they have no personality. They just miss that tone on defense right now. Uh, do, do, do it to a depletion of talent. Guys, have a great day. I hope the Giants do win. And uh, I really do want it. I don't want them starting again over the first eight games. Over the five out, six out of the last seven years, they started one and seven, two and six, or zero oh and eight. I don't know if we all realize that. And oh, we're no, that we realize it. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Appreciate the call. Trust me. As someone that has yeah. been doing daily call shows for the Giants yeah. for more than 10 years, I'm aware of how the yeah. seasons have started. Yeah. And by the way, Micah McFadden tackling pretty well as a thumper in the middle right now. Too. And, and, by the, and, and I, I love Chase Blackburn. He's a friend. I, I was here during his whole career. Awesome guy. First time I've heard him put in the same conversation as Antonio Pierce. I know. Jeez. <laughs> I love. And he, you know, they might not have won the 2011 Super Bowl with Adam. He's wonderful. I love him. But let's. Back up the truck a little right. bit on that, okay? <laughs> He's not Jesse Armstead, right? And look, Marash and I are coming out here, guys, and saying the Giants are going to shut down the Dolphins' offense here. I don't think those words ever, ever came out of our mouth. The point is that compared to what they were in the first three weeks, they were markably better against Seattle in week four. Well, so we've got the Saturday. Schmelk and I have done a ton of shows. Can we find some reaches for optimism somehow? I'm a beaten dog here. All right, let's go back to the phones. 877-337-6666. Dan in Poughkeepsie's up next. Dan. All right, thanks for taking my call. So three quick things. You know, I keep I listen to the show all the time. All I keep hearing are people complain about the quarterback this, quarterback this. It's not the quarterback. Let's face it. Everybody knows it. It's the offensive line, okay, on both teams. They think. It's both things. Stop uh, saying it's not the quarterback. It's allowed to be both things. Hey, look, and, and look, I, I will quote Mike Kafka. It is an 11-man operation, okay? Right. Everyone impacts everyone else. And by the way, you can throw the receivers into the mix. Maybe they're not Absolutely. getting open fast enough, too. When the yep. offense is averaging 11 points per game, okay? Right. 
you can throw the coaching into and my and Brian Dable said this after the game last week. This is you know the, we have to coach better. This is when it looks like this, everyone is involved in the situation. It's not just yep. one thing. Thank God we have a kicking team, huh? Greg Gano's awesome. And, and Jamie Gillen's actually been really good this year. Too, I thought that way. was going to be a weakness. Jamie Gillen sent him to the Pro Bowl. The other thing real quick, um, we always have, always have trouble with these backup quarterbacks. You know, we've had good backup quarterbacks over the years. They seem to never keep them. Why don't they pay the money? Like, a perfect example was Fitzpatrick. I thought he was a great backup quarterback. They, they, they wouldn't pay him the money. You know, pay the guy the money. That's what we need, a good backup quarterback. What? What's wrong with Tyrod Taylor? Appreciate the call, Dan. I mean, they're paying Tyrod Taylor a decent amount of money, and he's, I think, one of the better backup quarterbacks in the league, though, Marash. Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. And when did the Giants have Ryan Fitzpatrick? <laughs> Someone's doing some Fitz magic there on Dan. Well, Giant fans memories. are losing their mind, as you can tell. <laughs> George and Stanford, rescue us. George, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac. What's up? Hello! What's up? Yo, George? listen, I was in California. I agree with you guys. I was in California. I was at the Monday night game. I think the defense is getting better every week. I know the tackling stinks. I get it. Whatever, you know. But one thing nobody talked about, they knocked Geno Smith out of that game, whether it was dirty or not, whatever. And uh, Tua, he's like a bobblehead, man. If they get to him with this bad weather coming in, you know, anything could happen. At least, at least you could ho- stay in the game with that defense. You know what I mean? And it's not going to be easy, but. I'm looking, I'm with you guys, you know, trying to be optimistic a little bit. It's crazy what's going on. Hey, look, if you're a Giant fan heading into a game like this, and George, thanks for the call, all you can do is try to figure out your path to victory, right? You just figure out, all right, this is how we could potentially do it. And I think the one way you can slow down this Miami offense, and it's tough to do because I mentioned it before, right? Two's getting the ball out super quick, 2.34 seconds, second fastest in the league. Against pressure this year, he's just 12 of 28 for less than 200 yards. Now, the amazing thing is that he's been under pressure, I think, because he's had a couple scrambles in there too, Mirage. I think he's been under pressure 30-something 30-something dropbacks, 38 maybe. Right. And that's what Daniel Jones being sacked more than 20 times. So just compare those two, by the way, and how different they are. But it's tough to get pressure. That's how they do it. Marash, how do you think this game goes? How do you think Uh, we rock out on Sunday against the Dolphins? Giants will lose, but I think we get a little moral victory and some optimism to Buffalo. Give me 27-19, and you feel a little better that the offense isn't the worst thing in the world. Yeah, look. You have to play better. Maybe the end result isn't going to be what you want it to be, but you have to go out there, just play better football, and give you belief that as you move forward in this year, if you play better and you're not playing these juggernauts every week, quite frankly, that the wins will start coming. Right, Maresh? Absolutely. Giants, Giants, help us, God. (laughs) All right, guys, check out our coverage of the Giants game tomorrow against the Dolphins right here on The Fan. Our pregame show starts at 11 o'clock. Jonathan Casillas and I handle things from the studios here in New York. Paul Dettino will be down there in Miami along with our team, Bob Papa, Carl Banks, and Howard Cross. All the play coming your way at 1. Then the postgame show is right here on The Fan from uh, 4 to 6 of the two hours after the final whistle again on The Fan. Thanks for being with us on Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York Giants, and by Town Fair Tire. Nobody beats Town Fair Tire. Nobody. And again, check us out tomorrow for Giants and Dolphins, 11 a.m. pregame show right here on The Fan. If you like Big Blue Kickoff Live, we are live every weekday afternoon at 1230 on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Tune in. Check us out. Giants and Dolphins at 1 o'clock. Enjoy your football this weekend, everybody.